Hello, this is David King of singleadultministry.uk. Welcome to our author podcast. In these podcasts, we give the opportunity to an author or speaker to share an inspirational thought of their own choice and in their own words. May you be inspired and encouraged by what you hear. Hi, my name's Andrina and I'm from Birmingham, England. This podcast is titled Finding God in Disappointment and you're listening to part one. I'm going to talk about a love story in the Bible that you've probably heard many, many times before, but I'm going to look at it from a different perspective. In Genesis 29, we follow the story of Jacob as he meets the love of his life. Jacob's father Isaac had sent Jacob to go and find a wife in Padam Aram. So Jacob is travelling and when he gets there, he meets Rachel at a well. As the story progresses, Jacob falls in love with Rachel. Now, it's not clear whether it was love at first sight, but what we do know is that he loved Rachel and promised her dad that he would work seven years for her hand in marriage. The Bible even said that Jacob's love for Rachel was so strong that seven years felt like a few days. I want to look at this story from the perspective of Rachel. Now, the Bible doesn't really say much about her views on the whole thing. In all honesty, she could have despised Jacob and not wanted anything to do with him. But I'm going to assume that Rachel loved Jacob back and wanted to marry him. Now, they had seven years to court and to fall in love. Rachel would have seen Jacob working tirelessly just because he wanted to marry her. Now, I don't know about any of you, but when I see a man who makes his intentions clear and is actively working to get my attention or shows me that he's serious about me and means business, that captures my heart and my attention. And this is what Jacob was doing. He had his goal in mind and he was working towards it. Now, while seven years may have felt like a few days to Jacob, I don't know if Rachel would have felt the same. Rachel would have been in a period of waiting. She was waiting for seven years to pass so that she could marry the man of her dreams. Now, I'll be totally honest with you. I hate waiting. I hate it. Waiting for a bus, waiting for my food to be ready, waiting for my husband. I'm not a fan of waiting. And if I'm honest with myself, I don't do it very well. Prolonged waiting, especially when you're waiting with expectancy, can be painful and frustrating. Whilst Rachel was waiting, her biological clock was likely to be ticking. Now, we're not told how old Rachel was, but we know that it was the custom of the day for women to get married and have children at quite a young age. Rachel may have felt like she was running out of time, and I'm sure that there are many of you out there who feel like you're running out of time. You're watching the years pass by and you feel like you're in a season of waiting. Maybe you're waiting for that girl or guy to get their act together, to make a commitment or even to notice you. Women, maybe you hear that biological clock ticking as loudly as Rachel's may have been. Yeah, waiting isn't always the most comfortable place to be in. What I have to think about when I get to that stage of frustration in my waiting is Isaiah 40 verse 31. 
They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There are a lot of promises that come with waiting. What we have to focus on whilst we are in a season of waiting is how we're waiting. Are we waiting patiently or are we waiting in frustration and anger? And what are we doing in our season of waiting? Are we still seeking God and being active in his work? Or are we being stagnant without progression or growth? Concentrating on these things whilst you're waiting will determine how fulfilled or frustrated you will feel when you are waiting on God. So back to Rachel. I'm not sure how she spent her time waiting, but I can imagine if you're waiting seven years for your wedding day, there was probably a bit of frustration every now and again. The benefit that Rachel had was that she knew when her wait would be over. She knew it was seven years, that's 84 months, 364 weeks, 2,555 days until she married her boo. And if Rachel was anything like me, she'd probably be counting down just like that too. Only 2,554 days to go until I get to marry Jacob. Yay! But as most of you will probably know, when the day came for Rachel to marry Jacob, Laban, her dad, pulled a fast one. Instead of marrying Rachel, Jacob actually ended up marrying her older sister Leah. Now, the Bible makes it clear that Jacob was pretty angry with Laban for tricking him. But what we don't know is how Rachel felt about the whole thing. Now, there are two ways we could possibly look at this, and none of them leave Rachel in a great position. If we presume that Rachel didn't know what her father was going to do, then that meant that Rachel still thought that she was going to marry Jacob on that night. Laban had prepared a big wedding feast so they knew someone was getting married and Rachel would have obviously presumed it was her. She would have then found out that Jacob had married her older sister. Alternatively, she probably knew that the custom was for the older daughter to get married first and may have known or had an idea what her father was planning to do. However, it was likely that she couldn't object to her father's plans and had to go along with it, not even being able to tell Jacob what Laban was planning to do. Either way, the heart-crushing disappointment that she would have felt when Jacob married Leah is hard to imagine. There were probably a number of things that went through Rachel's mind. She may have thought that now Jacob had got with her sister, he didn't want her anymore. Oftentimes we compare ourselves to others and we see all the great things about them without recognising the beauty, gifts and talents that we have within ourselves. Rachel could have also thought that now Jacob had spent time with and even had sex with Leah, he wouldn't love her anymore. Even if Rachel was secure in how Jacob felt about her, she didn't know what was going to happen next. She didn't know if Jacob would stick around and try to pursue her, especially after he had just spent seven years of his life already working for her. She may have been wondering whether Jacob was committed enough to still try to pursue her. Now, this could have been a really low time for Rachel. All your hopes, dreams, something that you've been waiting for for seven years, the life you'd planned, the names you'd already picked out for your children, just gone. Does that resonate with you? Has there been something that you've been eagerly anticipating, something that you thought would be life-changing, something that you had really high hopes for, but for whatever reason, it didn't materialise? It could have been a job or a business opportunity 
or it could have been the breakdown of a relationship or a broken engagement. These things can sometimes rock us to our core. They can leave us hurting, broken and scarred. Rachel had, in essence, put her life on hold for seven years. During that time, there were no other suitors, no other marriage opportunities. She didn't need them because she knew that she had Jacob and she knew that it was going to happen until it didn't. What I love about this story is the hope that comes with it and the way that God can redeem our story if we allow him to. Now, Jacob didn't give up on Rachel. He made another deal with Laban and agreed to work another seven years if he could marry Rachel. This time, they didn't have to wait the full seven years and he was able to marry her straight away. Now, your redemption may not come through the rekindling of your relationship or engagement and you may not be offered the job or given the business opportunity that you lost. However, God is in the business of restoration and he will bless you. The Bible says in Psalms 34 verse 18 to 19 that the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. In the New Living Translation, it says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I love this scripture because it shows that God cares about you and what you're going through. And when the storms of life rage, as they will inevitably do, God is right there in the midst with you and he will bring you through it. During part two of this podcast, I will give you some strategies that will help you deal with the disappointments in your life. But until then, please feel free to connect with me on Facebook through my Divine Introductions page and let me know how God has brought you through the disappointments in your life. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Mm -hmm.